Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode features a special guest from Evolution Business Marketing. He is a serial entrepreneur hailing from Vancouver Island, and our conversation covers his unique background, which includes stops in real estate, marketing, the metaverse, decentralized finance, and a whole lot more. Our conversation starts now. Hello, my name is Chris Cathers. I am from Nanaimo, born and raised here on Vancouver Island. I am an entrepreneur by heart. I currently own and operate a few different endeavors, one of them being Evolution Business Marketing Communications, a company called RooftopTents.ca. I am a real estate investor uh, as well as cryptocurrency enthusiast. I am really passionate about uh, starting up businesses, helping entrepreneurs succeed. And I've been working with uh, small to medium-sized businesses uh, for a couple decades, really. I got into, um, well, I went to school at uh, Vancouver Valley University where I studied business and marketing. Uh, I then eventually, after that, uh, left and went and started working with the founder of the Business Examiner, uh, Mark McDonald, uh, with Black Press. And then uh, eventually went on to help uh create Invest Northwest Publishing, where I worked in advertising sales and did a little bit of writing. And we helped grow that company to you know, multi-publications across the province and added all kinds of ancillary products. Uh, in 2012, I left and did a bunch of traveling throughout Europe. I then got back and started up a new company called Evolution, uh, as well at the time, created a camper van rental company called Van Ventures. And at that time as well, I got into doing some building and developing. And so now I, I pivoted out of my camper van rental business into uh, selling uh, rooftop tents, awnings, and other camping accessories. Uh, the businesses of that business has uh, grown quite a bit where I now added on an Amazon store and bringing in new products and just taking advantage of kind of the post-COVID travel changes uh, where everyone's kind of doing staycations and uh, doing a lot more camping and staying in their own backyard. And as well with the uh, marketing company, I've uh, done a lot in the past year around entrepreneurship training, business planning, mentoring, working with a lot of Indigenous communities throughout the province, which I'm very passionate about. And yeah, just continue to work with a lot of small businesses, doing a lot of uh, digital marketing and advertising uh, setting up marketing systems and lead generation. Awesome, Chris. Well, I'm excited about this conversation. I was thinking about this earlier in the week as I was preparing for it. I think I've known you since I was about 10 years old, uh, roughly. So 21 years later, here we are. So I'm excited to jump into this with you. Uh, one of the things to start this off, I want to talk a little bit about changes in marketing. You referenced uh, a bit with the rooftop tents uh, side of things there, how consumer demand has changed. But I'm wondering if you can speak to a little bit about what you've been seeing from your clients or people making marketing inquiries over the past couple of years about just how they're approaching marketing and any kind of changes or shifts you've seen. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, companies have gotten a lot more digital more than ever, especially post COVID. A lot of companies had to pivot. Uh, pivot their workforce, had to find new ways of attracting customers and clients, and everyone kind of basically went online. Everything from uh, virtual networking events to working through Zoom, uh, developing relationships virtually, to having to you know make technological changes to adapt 
to you know workflow processes. So you know definitely that kind of digital virtual shift, as well as the it changes to you know customer buying preferences. I notice a lot of changes around things like people's you know desire for things like affordability versus health versus the planet versus society and versus experiences. Uh, customers' preferences have definitely changed. They're not just buying based on the product. You know, they're buying on a host of, you know, company values. Why would they do business with you and what values your company has? As well as, you know, changes in things like instant gratification, things like Amazon ordering experiences. Now people have grown with this expectation that they can get what they want. They can get it quickly. But at the same time, you know, we have things like supply chain issues and you can't get certain parts now and things are becoming more expensive. Inflation is, is definitely something that's at the forefront. And another thing is, is about, you know, the customer journey, right? Instead of thinking, you know, about that customer relationship, now it's relationships are everything. And instead of your brand being at the heart of your product, it's now it's basically, you know, what is your company value? So it's definitely, you know, it's evolved and changed over the last couple of years drastically. And I say those are probably some of the biggest, you know, things that have changed for, you know, business and, and marketing. Awesome, man. Well, that is exciting. And I'm wondering if, if you can, I don't know if you, if, if these are trade secrets, but when you're onboarding a new client and they're kind of looking to evolve the way that they're marketing or advertising themselves, can you speak to, I guess, what your recommendations are in terms of just adapting to the changes that you've mentioned? Yeah, I mean, it's understanding, well, you know, who are their customer segments, right? It's not just, you know, understanding like who their customer are, but understanding all the different segments within their customers, right? Because they may have four different subsects of customers, but understanding, you know, individually what customer A, B, C, D want, you know, one of the strategies in, in, in order to do this are things like social listening, monitoring what the conversations are happening online, look for changes as far as what customers are asking for and getting that kind of, you know, really important feedback loop from customers, I think, you know, is, is really critical and is, you know, adapting to that. So just a lot, of, a lot more listening. I think a lot of businesses like will dictate what they think their customers want, but they need to do a little bit better job listening to what their cost customers are asking for. On your site, I was going through some of the blog posts and you have one that's about the meta metaverse. And I'm, I just know in some of our brief conversations over the past couple of months, you've, you brought it up a couple of times. Can you, do you speak to kind of what you see in the metaverse for local businesses, let's say on in a smaller market like Vancouver Island? Yeah. I mean, obviously the metaverse is a new buzzword trending especially since facebook has you know positioned themselves as the meta uh, i think you know a lot of companies have kind of woken up to what's happening it's you know it's been happening for a long time the virtual world uh, the video game market things like nfts you know this whole virtual world has really kind of been propelled by covid essentially right people are meeting right here via zoom and so, you know, the metaverse is kind of already taking shape, but there's definitely huge opportunities for businesses to take advantage of it. Even small things such as um, video tours of their businesses, uh, video tours of their products. Uh, you can see like uh, 360 degree photos and real estate agents do a good job with that when they're, you know, 
listing a property. You can go into a house and you can do kind of like a virtual tour of their business. I think, you know, things like that companies can adapt within their business and, you know, maybe whether it's a manufacturing plant, a retail store or any kind of business, people can go in and look at their store and how it's arranged or even going in and touring products within the store. And that can be done through, you know, pictures or video and utilizing software to create that kind of virtual like experience. Of course, there are more advanced virtual worlds such as, you know, Decentraland, uh, where companies are buying up, you know, virtual plots of land and they're developing, you know, their own storefronts or creating products or brands within those kind of metaverse virtual realities. Same with like video games. Uh, You'll see that uh, there's a lot of metaverse video game happening and there's opportunities to market and promote within those areas. So, um, you know, obviously we're a long ways from kind of mainstream adaptation to that kind of world. But I think I just saw a video of Walmart. You can actually go into Walmart and you can actually virtually pick out products and add to your shopping cart virtually. And there's virtual assistants are there that will can help answer questions around products. So I think with things like Amazon and online ordering is that people are more comfortable with it now so that businesses have an opportunity here to basically position themselves virtually and create new sales and marketing channels. One of the things we didn't touch on was around decentralized finance and how relevant I think DeFi is going to be in this upcoming year and and in the future years. Um, And one thing I want to bring to some of your listeners and your readers is around, for example, like a, a DeFi platform called Celsius Network. Celsius Network is basically like the future of banking, in my opinion. I think that um, everyone should check it out. It's a platform where you can go and you can deposit your cryptocurrency and you can earn, you know, 5 10% interest on your cryptocurrency deposits. You can deposit stable coins such as US dollar tether, US dollar coin, uh, and other stable coins and earn 10% interest. And you can also lend against that. So you can not only so you can deposit it, you can take out fiat dollars, so fiat currency, whether that's American or Canadian, and you can borrow against your cryptocurrency and not actually be taxed on that money you take out because it is a loan. And, you know, you can pay as little as like one or two percent interest rate on your loan. And so it's an incredible opportunity for people who don't want to necessarily deal with the traditional banks and have way more favorable lending and borrowing terms. That's just one example of a DeFi lending platform, but there's there's quite a few other ones that are out there that I think that yeah, people will learn to embrace more and more. You're not going to get 10% return on your money in a bank. I mean, you barely earn 1% interest rate, and the bank's just making all the money. Now, where a Celsius network DeFi platform comes in is they don't have all the same overhead as the bank does. So I think, yeah, like DeFi and blockchain, I think those are definitely things that people need to learn more about and educate themselves about. And at the very least, if they don't want to participate, at least understand and and teach themselves about, you know, decentralized finance. So yeah, huge opportunities for businesses. Um, Definitely recommend, you know, looking for ways to kind of adapt that into your company's business. No, that's awesome. And then I guess on a, I guess a similar follow-up, NFT is also a big buzzword. One of the things that I think, and part of the reason me asking this question to you is there's a lot of these buzzwords 
there, I find that there's almost within the province of British Columbia, you can see there's Vancouver, which is like this, there's a ton of IT infrastructure, a little bit more progressive on the digital side, but on the periphery, the Northern BCs, the Okanagans and the Island, a lot of this stuff, you know, so is someone in Kemble River, for instance, going to be a heavy hitter in the metaverse? Uh, is there value to a retail outlet using a virtual storefront. And I'm wondering on both of these things, do you see kind of local applications for some of these technologies or is it, are we a little bit quite a ways off from, from seeing kind of a mass mass adoption there? Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you need to understand who your customers are. Not everyone's going to want to adapt or go into the metaverse. It's probably something that's still a little ways away, but I, I don't think that there's anything harm in understanding those trends and, at least educating yourself on what it is uh, and how it could potentially, you know, enhance your business, your marketing efforts or your sales channels. There's nothing wrong with understanding that. And, and if there is a way to adapt that into your company, I definitely would embrace that. Right. I mean, not everyone likes change, but you know, it's inevitable. It's kind of see the way it's going. Right. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, th- I think that there's tremendous potential there, but always curious on your opinions. Um, I want to jump a little bit into your entrepreneurial journey. Um, you kind of given yourself a, a brief overview and in watching you over the years, especially I'm, like I said, I met you when you were for working with, with Black Press. You've seemed to take advantage of each opportunity to the best of its potential, seeing something a little bit in the future and moving towards it. And you have a, a pretty strong track record of success. I'm wondering if you can just kind of give me a look at how you're evaluating opportunity, how you're, when you're in a position, how are you trying to fully maximize it? And yeah, just kind of what your thought process is as your career has evolved. One of the key things, you know, it takes to be successful is a good education. It never hurts to invest in yourself. I think that's one of the key things. And that can come in lots of ways, whether that's like education, you know, learning about uh, a subject such as cryptocurrency, or maybe it's real estate you're passionate about, or maybe white label products, or you know, creating a tourism company, whatever. I think you know, educating yourself and and creating those tools that help you, you know, evaluate opportunities is key. As well as things like investing in your health, understanding how money works, and understanding what you want in life too. I think that's a really big thing. A lot of people don't really know what they want. So they have a hard time getting there. One of the things that I've always been a big believer in, above my desk, I would have a vision board and it would be just a pictorial you know, representation of things that I wanted to achieve or thing, goals of things that I wanted to have. And I often look back at those, which I would keep. And quite often, more than none, I would actually accomplish a lot of those goals. So I think you have to know what you want to do in life and what those goals are in order to be successful. But I would say looking for value. I think that's a big thing that I've done a really good job at is looking at opportunities and seeing, well, you know, is there some value there? You know, whether that's things like, um, you know, flipping houses, uh, whether that's looking at creating business or, you know, trying to do something a little bit better, adding some value to, you know, maybe a service or a product that's not currently being offered. You know, that's really important. Understanding the importance of paying yourself first you know, investing back into, you know, other things that, you know, pay dividends, again, whether that's, you know, through education, through health, through investments, through business. I think that, you know, you always want to constantly be improving. Uh, I'm a really big believer in total quality management. And I tell a lot of my clients this too. 
is that, you know, like things like marketing, and, and you could also say the same with research and development, is that you always want to be continually investing back into whatever it is you're doing. And it will pay dividends in the long run and always make you, you know, successful and ahead of the competition. I'd say also like one of the key things are is relationships, right? You know, I think that aligning yourself with the right people or just mentors, right? I think, you know, everyone needs a good team of people behind them because you can only do and be as good as much as, you know, you know, but there's obviously lots of people who are way better at many other things. And I think, you know, aligning yourself with those really good people is critical. And one of the the most amazing thing that I took away from my time working at the business examiner uh, was the relationships and the, the caliber of people that I met. And like yourself, I'm sure you've just met some most incredible people who have these amazing life stories and who are highly successful. It's the, the things that you can take away from those relationships that can help you in the future and learning from those types of people that can really make you incredibly successful. I mean, not everyone's perfect and, you know, everyone makes mistakes, but I think that, you know, aligning yourself with those successful people and understanding where they came from can help position you for the future of your, you know, entrepreneurship journey or whatever journey that you're on. What do you see as kind of the next evolution of your career? I know, you know, the real estate development stuff, there was a a post on your site about that kind of really taking off. But what do you kind of see as the next phase uh, of your career? You know, I really enjoy the education and the mentorship and working with other entrepreneurs. I think people have a duty to share their knowledge and their insight as you gain it. And as my entrepreneur journey and, and my successes have unfolded, I like to share those. And I also like to work with other entrepreneurs and how they can be successful. I think it's something that really resonates with me is, you know, um, I've been this past year, I did a lot of teaching and providing entrepreneurial workshops and mentorship with entrepreneurs. And to me, that's kind of a passion. And so I'd say, you know, more around education and looking at more, you know, entrepreneurial opportunities, of course, uh, expanding my uh, rooftoptents.ca business. I've got lots of new products coming in this coming year. Um, I am really passionate about cryptocurrency. Like I said, I think that there is an incredible opportunity to understand and embrace more blockchain technologies, um, whether that's, you know, things like non-fungible tokens, NFTs, and the adaptation with, uh, with businesses, looking at ways to, you know, incorporate that in with some of my clients. I think that's would be a kind of a logical step. Uh, blockchain technology is growing and it's only going to become more mainstream. And then of course, you know, just kind of managing that work-life balance, you know, that entrepreneurs can suffer from not working too much, but enjoying life. And I always am the big believer of, you know, working hard and playing harder. So, you know, this past couple of years, we haven't really had, there hasn't been, you know, a ton of opportunity to do more, do a lot of traveling. So I'd like to, you know, do more traveling and, um, you know, keep investing back into my health as well. And, you know, family and, you know, spending time where it's most important, right? I want to ask you briefly about kind of your indigenous background. You've talked about some entrepreneurial courses and, and some, and even some clients, I believe that are there, but can you speak to a little bit about how that has impacted your life, whether it's hurt you or, or given you some new opportunities? Yeah. So like I'm Métis, I'm part of the Mid-Island Métis Nation of Nanaimo. And, you know, one of the things that it's done for me is obviously it's let me 
you know, embrace my heritage and my culture. It's also enabled me to, you know, look at other cultures with a better lens. You know, everyone comes from different backgrounds and different upbringings. And I think, you know, it's important to kind of have that ethnocentric point of view that, you know, there's no one right way of living or of, you know, where you came from and understand that everybody comes from, you know, a different upbringing or, or different heritage or, you know, that has different values. And I think that's important. I think as in Canada, we have a very diverse culture here. So it's, you know, it's, it's about embracing that, those differences and learning from those differences and, you know, you using that to your advantage. There's many ways of doing things and think, you know, culturally many people have, you know, different ways of doing things and you can learn from that. So I think, you know, one of the things that it's taught me is, you know, understanding there's strength and diversity. And it's also enabled me to, you know, embrace different cultures and, and communities, but also to work with people of different heritages and to be able to relate to them a little bit better and have a little a better understanding of maybe where they come from. And, and then that helps us, you know, to get to go where we want to in the future. Getting towards the tail end of some of these structured questions, I'm wondering about how you see your self as a manager from when you started or as a, a leader from when you kind of started out your career to where you are now, is there anything that sticks out that's there's been kind of like a fundamental shift in how you lead people or the words, the language that you use, that kind of thing? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously like um, some of the things that I've learned, you know, when to outsource certain components of your business, when to bring in house, when to hire people and have, you know, staff working within yourself knowing when you need to actually do something yourself and not rely on other people, right? You know, that, the old adage, like, if you want something done right, you need to do it yourself. I think that, you know, it's easy to just delegate everything and try to, you know, project manage everything. But I think it's important, you know, that if you want to make sure something's done and you want to get it done as quickly as possible, that you just take, you know, ownership from it, right? And, you know, be accountable. And one of the challenges I've seen definitely is, was around the change of work ethics. You know, not everyone values, again, the same things that maybe our generation or our previous generation values or the generation before that. And it's understanding, you know, with, with each generation, you know, what's the most important to them. You know, some people value time a little bit differently. Some people value money more differently. And so understanding the intergenerational changes of what's important to them, I think, you know, is one of the things that's been a challenge. I think it's a challenge for most employers as well, you know, and then, you know, hiring the right people and, you know, finding the right people. I think that can be a bit of a challenge too, but I think that starts within the company's culture itself. And it's about creating a a culture within a company and being a leader and, and not trying to, you know, rule your business with like an iron fist or, you know, trying to, you know, empower people to make the right decisions and be a leader within the company itself. Greatest challenge when you started your entrepreneurial journey compared to your greatest challenge now? Anything stick out there? I would say is work-life balance and, you know, finding ways to align myself again with, you know, the right people and not wasting my time with the wrong people, I guess. Um, Looking for creative opportunities and ways to like not try and start something and, and I mean, fail, I think, you know, all entrepreneurs, uh, this happens naturally, you know, and also 
you know, trying to, you know, work with people who are, who may have worked in that position that you want to get to and, and talking to them and learning a bit about it before, you know, making that jump, that would probably be, be a big thing as, you know, as far as like taking advantage of people who've been there and done that and not being afraid to kind of ask for help. To finish this off, I've got four quick questions uh, for you. Ask them to every guest. And the first one is, do you have, or what is your favorite book? One of the books that I read that was really a game changer quite a few years ago was the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. And that's an old book, but has a lot of really great kind of fundamental business lessons in it. Best piece of software or or an app that you can't live without aside from email or Microsoft Office? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, you know, I use Slack quite a bit um, in my business. You know, I've got different team members. So we use Slack to communicate and you can share files and um, you can have group chats with your different team members. I think it's just a really, you know, good tool. Communication is so important with any kind of business. Also, you know, things like different crypto platforms like Binance and CoinGecko and Celsius. Great. And the very last one for you is favorite restaurant on Vancouver Island. So I, you'll often find me hanging out at the Vault Cafe downtown. It's, uh, it's a great little restaurant coffee shop and uh, it's kind of eclectic and it's very uh, funky. And uh, yeah, it's just a great kind of little hangout that we've met there as well. And it's like in an old bank vault. Uh, so it's really kind of pretty cool. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.